Previously on Vanderpump Rules. I think you're the, the sexiest and the prettiest girl I've ever seen. I know. <laughs> Jax is so pathetic and desperate right now. You can't just go through life saying whatever you want and think there aren't any consequences. You got suspended. You're suspended for two weeks. We weren't happy. We were stagnant. We were acting like roommates. We also hadn't had like, sex in three get... months. But I did not go around and someone behind your back. I had six weeks to apologize to me. You weren't dying. You were in the dentist's office. She asked me why I was still friends with you. Why would she ask you that? Katie, go f yourself and get out of my party. You don't take out what's going on with the girls on me. What is going on? Come on. Let's go. Let's go. Go, go, go. I will leave when I want to leave. Dante, can you come back up here, please? Let's go. I'm coming. I'm over this. Seriously, she's crazy. Welcome to Vanderpump Robs, a sexy, unique recap podcast hosted by me, Robs. Today I welcome on the show Louisa Black of The Rich Girls, but of course, first I need to recap the episode. But before I get to the recap, I wanted to read a little fan mail. Today's letter was sent to VanderpumpRobs at gmail.com. And it goes like this. Dear Robs, will you be continuing the trading cards this season? Second question. Was there a tabletop game associated with these cards? I remember you saying something about that last season. Or are you just making trading cards? Sincerely, the Card Daddy. Well, Card Daddy, first off, let me be clear. That in season one, the cards were an experiment. Something I thought of that could be fun, you know, part of that were trading cards and part of that were like some sort of weird tabletop game based on Vanderpump rules. But mostly they ended up being rookie cards and cocktail cards, so I think trading cards won overall. But if a listener has an idea for a tabletop game, shoot me an email, VanderpumpRobs at gmail.com. Okay, let's get into the recap. It's Vanderpump Rules, Season 2, Episode 2, Branded. It's a beautiful sunny day in West Hollywood. Fast cars are spinning their wheels, people walking around without masks, living their best lives. And Stasi and Christina Kelly decide to grab some food at Sloar de Cahuenga. Christina got Stasi her job at Sir, and has been a close friend to Stasi. That is until Stasi dated Jax, who Christina does not like. Stasi also got Jax the job at Sir, which probably didn't help their friendship either. After the ladies talk shit on Sheena, Stasi admits to hooking up with Jax, and Christina Kelly thinks this is gross. Um, does she have a point? Jax is good. Like, it was all night long, a bunch of different times, throwing me around. That's the best part, like, when I can be thrown around. Ew. Stasi also admits to really missing Frank. Frank also sucks. The thing that Jax doesn't know is that I've really been missing Frank. Lisa and her husband Ken meet up with Natalie at Sir. They're going to take a look at the new bar that's being installed in the garden area. Things are really growing at the restaurant, and the owners all feel like with a new bar comes more bartenders. As day becomes night, the wait staff arrive, 
as well as Katie's boyfriend, Tom Schwartz. Tom is nervous because he's interviewing with Lisa about a potential bartending gig. Could he be the new blood Lisa needs in that garden? Lisa doesn't understand why on earth Tom would want to work at a place with his girlfriend and best friends, so she's going to think about it. And the next day at Villa Rosa, Pandora and Sheena show up. Sheena's in crutches due to a spill she recently took, but luckily she'll only have them for a week. Sheena replays the birthday incident to Lisa from Sheena's perspective, which doesn't paint Tom in the best light. So, everything's going great at the birthday party. Then Katie goes and tells Schwartz something. Then Schwartz starts going off on Shay, calls Shay a bitch. So then Shay gets upset, and all of a sudden, I just hear rumbling. It's like, what did you call me? What did you call me? Okay, so that's the exact reason why Tom Schwartz is not coming to work at CERN. So Lisa says she'll give Sheena some hostess shifts, and Pandora said she'll give her some writing work on the magazine. Sheena got a degree in journalism, so this will be great. She actually has been a writer her whole life. Back at Sir, the staff is serving, and the statement necklaces are on display. Jax is annoyingly pestering Stassi as if he's learned how to ask people out via the sitcom Friends. And Stassi feels like she owes it to Jax to have dinner with him. Interesting. Oh, but at Tom and Kristen's apartment? Oh, man. What? It's like a pile of wood with some holes in it. Dude, that's not even funny. Tom's offering to put together a coffee table for Kristen. She's upset that Ikea didn't send the table fully assembled. When Kristen returns, the table is not assembled, and Kristen has to do it herself, which adds fuel to Kristen's already burning fire. Back at Sir, Pandora speaks with Stassi about the magazine. Stassi's going to be, maybe, possibly, could start getting paid by Pandora and not just work for exposure. This is great for Stassi because she wants to be a writer. What's not great for Stassi is that Pandora lets her know that she's had to bring on Sheena for a column as well. Stassi is not like this. Fine, seriously, end of discussion, not having it anymore, I'll think about everything and make a decision. Seriously, I don't, I don't want to have this conversation. Yeah, it's like talking to a child. Bullshit, Pandora, and you know Schwartz and Jax have an afternoon together at a tattoo shop. Jax wants to cover up his incredibly awkward tribal tattoo and koi fish tattoo. But that's not the only tattoo he's getting. He decided he also wants to get Stassi's name tattooed on his bicep, which may not be behavior of a completely stable person. Now, moving on to another night at Sir, Lisa arrives and lets Katie know that Tom Schwartz won't be working there. Katie believes it's Sheena's fault. In her mind, there's no one else to blame. Not Kristen, not Shay, not Stassi, definitely not herself. It's Sheena's fault that Tom's not working there. And speaking of Sheena, she's posted up at the host station with her sprained foot on a stool right next to her. She's welcoming folks at the door. Stassi walks by with an intimidation technique that works in middle school. Meet me outside. It's just confusing in your mid-20s. Well, then I guess you just can't handle it outside because that's inappropriate to be fighting about it in work. But what are we fighting about? If you want to have a discussion in the middle of the workplace, that'll be on you. I don't understand what you need to fight with me about right now. Then I can talk to you later after work. All right, that's fine. Okay, so you can just think about what you have to say because you can't handle it right now. I'm working. 
But friend of the podcast, Peter Magical, lets Sheena go talk to Stasi. Stasi hates that Sheena is copying her. All very mature behavior. There's definitely something below the surface, but no one can just be honest about their feelings. Tom arrives at Jax's apartment, and Jax needs one of his boys there to talk before the big dinner with Stasi. After Jax sprays a liter of Axe body spray on himself and gets a vest, he heads out to what he perceives is his date. But back at Sir, Stasi takes Katie and Christina Kelly into the bathroom with her while she changes clothes for her dinner with Jax. While also locked and loaded for more gossiping. Seating my section over and over again. If a manager was here right now, like, I would be cut. She needs friends, especially in the workplace. Lisa's not going to be here every day to hold her hand. Sorry, Sheena, you don't have any friends here. No one likes you. Oops. What are you so, getting ready for? Yeah, what is going on? Oh, oh, going to dinner with Jugs. I can't believe you're going on a date with Jack. So Jackson and Stassi sit at dinner. It's obvious that the tattoo has made it into the text thread, so Stassi hints that she wants to see his new tattoo. Jack scurries out of it a bit by bringing up Sheena. Jax knows how to deflect very well. We know this. It's established. After Stassi orders dinner for both of them, they decide to rehash old dating issues. They both treated each other badly, and Stassi is putting her foot down the way an arrogant person would. And Jax flatly asks, do you want me to move on? And Stassi says yes, because she doesn't trust him. So Jax drives Stassi home, and on the way, he asks Stassi about Frank, and ultimately breaks down into tears. Performative tears, but tears nonetheless. This awkward drive is a roller coaster of Jax's emotions, and Stassi decides to cut the circular conversation off and just walk inside of her home. Another incredible episode. But did I miss anything? Did I leave anything out? Let me know. Hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, Vanderpump Robs, in the emails earlier in the episode. Uh, after the break, I'm going to come back with my interview with Louisa Black of The Rich Girls. You don't want to miss this one. You know when you take that first sip of tea in the morning and you're like, today might be okay. Well, this podcast is kind of like that, but for your ears and hopefully your heart. I'm Leah Palmieri, and I'm the host of the brand new podcast, A Sip of Positivity. The world is wild these days, but when you just need a little break and something nice, that's where I come in. I'll be chatting with actors, authors, influencers, and other lovely people about the things that are helping them get through these very unpredictable times. It's a look on the bright side, and it's A Sip of Positivity. Available now. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. All right, welcome back to Vanderpump Robs. It's me, Robs, here again with another fantastic guest. Today we have a writer, musician, well, let's face it, a rock star, <laughs> and a really good friend, Louisa Black. Hello, welcome. Thank you. Hi, Rob. I really appreciate you taking the time watching an episode of Vanderpump Rules 
and then also taking the time to talk to me about it. <laughs> yeah, let me just say, it's 43 minutes of my life. I'm never going to get back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, uh, you know, it'll live there forever, and that's something. That's right. Um, so let me ask you before we get into it, like, what is your relationship with TV? Are you a no TV at all, a prestige television person? Do you watch Green Acres? <laughs> Any reality TV? Yeah, so let me just say right out of the gate that I have never watched a minute of reality TV in my entire life. <laughs> so I was wow. baffled that you asked me to come on your show, but I'm happy to be here. And after watching Vanderpump Rules, I can tell you that there's a reason why I've never watched <laughs> reality TV in my entire <laughs> life. What is going on here? Well, we do have to recognize that we are in a time machine back to like 2014 wow. during this episode. I, I mean, I understand you're a person I respect, which kind of puts us in a really unique spot because everything is raw for you and we are getting your direct thoughts almost immediately after watching the episode. That's right. And... uh it, yeah, not knowing anything about it has not stopped me from having an opinion on it. So, <laughs> well, and I did send you some supplemental reading. Yeah, I did my homework. Thank you for the context. I appreciate it because otherwise, uh, I would have had no idea what you were talking about. What if you ended up rooting for someone that's since turned very villainous since then? You yeah. never know. Let you me know? tell you, that's not going to happen because two yeah. a one, there's not a single person on that show that I find redeemable. <laughs> not even like that one nice one. I think they're <laughs> all terrible people with terrible little lives. I can't believe they're being highly compensated for this nonsense. <laughs> well, let me, let me tell you, there are at least some side characters that, uh, really redeem certain scenes for me but but that's that's a talk for a later day you've got a few things that you wrote down that uh really stuck out to you in this episode where would you like to start um a couple of things uh kind of jumped out for me so um the f <laughs> the first one that i had a really hard time getting over was this main character stasi is named after the East German secret police. What is that about exactly? Well, at least I can, I can, I'm not here to defend Stasi whatsoever. But, Stasi, uh, that's how you say it? Yes. That's okay, at least it's, not, it, it's not Stasi? No, I don't think there's an S-C-H before. All right, it, all right, all but, right. But I understand where you're coming from. And, uh, you know, not far off from her personality, I would guess. Oh, um, man. It is also short for Anastasia, which, um, okay. <laughs> you know, I think sure. that that also comes with its own level of awkwardness if you are raised your whole life to mimic a princess of certain sorts. And right. she is a attractive person with blonde hair and scares the daylights out of me. Yeah, I, I watch mean, this show. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder, I suppose. I, I, sure, I, sure. I don't see it. She seemed like a horrible person to me, but um, yeah. So uh, there was this weird kind of dissonance where I first saw the recap, like the title of the episode, like Stasi tells Jack something <laughs> or other, or Jax is getting some tattoo. I don't know what the hell is going on. Uh, so that was funny. So the whole time I couldn't kind of uh, break the association with the East German secret police. Um, how could you, you <laughs> right. know, like once that's in your brain, like <laughs> right. I couldn't see that going anywhere. She doesn't, uh, really act very friendly at all during nope. this episode. 
and then I was like, oh, no, I'm pronouncing it wrong. Maybe it's Stassi. <laughs> like, I don't know. Anyway, it, uh, it was all downhill from there. Um, <laughs> I, what else? Uh, the, uh, so, the, the, yeah, I think the, the characters are tough. It's tough to, um, it's tough to watch something for, you know, an episode of something where there's literally not a single sympathetic quality to anybody. Yeah, it's really tough, especially me going back, having seen all of the seasons to like see these people in their in their early seasons and know that some of them have grown and some of them have gotten much worse. But like, let's take a look at Tom Sandoval for a second. He was the one who had trouble with the Ikea furniture. Oh, man, Um, what adult that guy is. (laughs) Oh, God. But all we know about him in this season is that he cheated on his girlfriend, Kristen. And he's trying to make it up to her, trying to be better around the house. But like, what's his storyline? He's bad at putting furniture together and he's a cheater. Like, that ain't very good. It's not very good, but it's also just such trivial bullshit. Like, explain to me why you care about these people. <laughs> my my viewpoint isn't necessarily that I care about them. I think I've grown to care about them as characters, having seen multiple seasons. But I don't think me caring about them is what got me to keep watching the show. I think that was a healthy amount of pot and like, oh shit, I got, how does this argument play out? But I think what's, what's, what's truly compelling to me is having worked in the bar industry and having frequented many bars in a small town Mm. and let's just say that west hollywood is representative of a small town within a bigger city state whatever um i get it i get that like there's these interpersonal dramas in your workplace that no one cares about but the people at that workplace you know what i mean Uh, i worked in bars and restaurants also that's uh, right i did and yeah i waited tables i was a runner i was a cocktail waitress and a cocktail server and um there's a lot of amazing characters i think that work in um in that scene uh, like a lot of really interesting people none of those people were are represented in this show <laughs> yeah I think that was one of your points as well, wasn't it? Like, well, no, that was the other thing. It's like I look at the show, and mind you, I've I've seen one episode right for half an hour, but sure. um, I when I look at the, I mean, t- tell me, what do you think the demographics of actual food service workers in Los Angeles are? Because I think what they are not is a bunch of spray tanned crypto Nazis from Louisiana. <laughs> <laughs> I think that you. Kind of hit the nail on the head there. And that's like the fourth wallness of all of this sort of stuff. Like these people, I'm sure, had worked at this restaurant for quite some time before there was ever a filming. Maybe not all of them. And then who was brought in to work there for the show? Who didn't get on the show for one reason or another? Maybe they were too nice. I don't know. Maybe they didn't want to cause drama. But it is interesting because this episode specifically, uh, you know, remember when Stassi sits down and eats brunch with her friend Christina, who hates Jax? Yes. What got her into a season and what got a character like her out of a season? You know, like, why did certain people stay? And I guess it's got to be the drama. But well, uh, I'll tell you, like, I, I don't know how long she was in or how she was out. I can tell you for the two minutes that she was on screen, she was boring as shit. <laughs> so if she <laughs> re-upped for 
seven episodes, it's because she was a total snooze fest. That much I can. Yeah, that can. You know what? I understand. That makes sense. Now, I guess culturally, though, I I respect your opinion, and like you've always helped me like wrap my head around issues that are, you know, me as a, a dumb kid growing up in the Midwest. Now. Like, I guess, what? Do, why do you think this show is made, or what do you think keeps the show going, just in your opinion? Rob, I, I really, I'm baffled. I don't understand it. This is what I, this is, this is what I'm saying. I don't, I don't know, uh, I don't know who it's for. <laughs> I don't know who derives pleasure or entertainment from it. It just seems like this weird celebration of trash narcissism oh yeah who trash works too i don't <laughs> i don't know it not just narcissism like yes i mean the representation first of all the choices and representation that it makes in terms of like representing the la scene it's like okay uh it's making this extraordinarily narrow creating this extraordinarily narrow frame for an industry that is actually way more um interesting and diverse and weirder by the way sure. than what it's showing right so it's showing this like super normo version of um of i think the la restaurant scene two uh the people that it chooses to represent are they just set such a low bar <laughs> for lived what? experience it's terrible well, so it is i don't hard. know i yeah. don't know who this is for i don't know who it's for um and i guess i wonder if there's something psychological about it because like in this episode in particular when Stasi like walks in front of Sheena when she's got her foot up at the hostess or at the mm-hmm. host station, now mm-hmm. she's like, "You want to come talk to me outside because uh, you know what you did." And like it was a very eighth grade level, like I'm picking on you and I'm mad at you, but I'm not going to tell you in any sort of clear, mature way what my feelings are, and then like forcing her to find someone to take her position to go talk to her outside by the dumpsters. And all it really was was, I'm hurt that you are encroaching on something that I felt was uniquely mine. And it feels like the rug was pulled out from under me. But these people can't say that. You know, so I wonder if there's something from like an audience point of view that like makes them feel better about themselves or maybe I'm just being very hoity-toity about the whole thing. I'm going to come back to this idea of like the hoity-toity, right? But um, I've played in rock bands uh, most of my life. I've seen, uh, I've toured a bunch. I've seen a lot of stupid shit. I've never seen anything as stupid as this. (laughs) And you've played in Iowa City. Yeah, and I've played in Iowa City. That's right. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, you were there. Um, Aside from what I think is a dishonest representation of an industry and a celebration of the worst qualities of some bad people, yeah, I think yeah. we're focusing on the wrong thing when we focus on the, um, you know, the dramatic conflicts of these characters. Because from where I sit, I look at something like this and I'm like, who's making this show and why? Why are they profiting from the representation of horrible people? Wow. Yeah, that's what I see when I see it. But now, mind you, like, I've never watched reality TV, so I don't, I, I'm sure, like, maybe I'm... Well, you're, maybe coming I'm from, you're coming from a very unique and hot angle right now, is it, which is okay. Is it a hot angle? I mean... <laughs> well, I think you're, it's probably a very median, I guess, like, never having watched a reality TV show. But I think maybe a more of a pure angle, you know what I mean? Like, if I am at base level zero... You've also worked in the industry. You've also played music in the industry. I was going to say you don't have a unique take because you have a very strong take 
And I guess it is unique in that, I mean, this show was number one the last season on its night. Really? And so something's, <laughs> yeah. Who, who watched so something it? Do you, is the, how, do you know, have you, have, do you know the analytics? Of hang it? on, let me call Nielsen right yeah. now. Um, beep, 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 bop. Oh, oh, everyone's mom. No, I don't know. Uh, I really don't know because I do enjoy the show, but I feel like I started watching it as a joke. Right. And then actually got tied in. And I mean, this is going to blow your mind a little bit. Okay. So please, if you're not sitting, sit down. Yes. Um, I am now friends with someone that is on this TV show. Oh, boy. And <laughs> are they a horrible person? They are not. Okay. What is their what uh, is their role? Peter, the manager. He is the guy who walked up to Sheena and was like, "Hey, I've got someone who can fill the host station for you while you go talk to Sheena." <laughs> that yeah. was his one little scene in this episode. Yeah. Oh. And uh he's a very nice guy and he actually takes his job as manager of the restaurant seriously, which leads me to believe why he's not on the show very much because mm-hmm. he actually cares about his job and he's, you know, not going out there acting crazy. Yeah, I mean, he's somebody that works in hospitality in a management position and probably, yeah, as you said, like takes that job seriously and that's different than being like some D-list fake actor. Uh, hmm, yes. One of the guys, I brought this up last episode, but uh, Jax, one of his successful modeling gigs was the cover of a video game. I mean, good luck to him, man. <laughs> no, he's no, he's terrible. They, all the luck in the world wouldn't dig that man out of the hole he's put himself in. Uh, I feel like I might be bringing you down here, man, but I am a newly sworn en- enemy of Vanderpump Rules. <laughs> that is okay. That is okay. You know, I, I take these risks when I present them to my friends. You know, this doesn't... You and I can have varying opinions on reality TV show. I'm still going to watch Wheel of Fortune, even though I hate Pat Sajak. You can hate this. I can like it. We can stay friends. But uh, more importantly, thank you for watching the show for me. <laughs> I really, really do appreciate it because I do value your opinion. And I think you know, listeners to this podcast might need some some alternative takes to at least question why they're watching what they're watching maybe i'm gonna get hate dms uh let's talk about something that i do know something <laughs> about more than reality tv which is music programming yes please I the music i think the music direction in the show is also terrible oh okay <laughs> yeah I, I i just uh i was shocked by this weird kind of like canned i don't even know what it was uh cheapest amount you could pay to get filler transitional music yeah it was rough man like Oof. not vi- not vibey at all and uh my initial take was like oh the music director for this is like kaylee fucking McEnany, white house <laughs> press secretary or something because <laughs> oh my god this is so uncool <laughs> Even for 2014? Oh, it's terrible. Even for 2014. I'm also I can't realizing this like thing has a a life has had this like afterlife since then. Oh man, there is so much like behind the scenes stuff that I've learned about ever since doing this podcast that I'll tell you in a different uh medium that is not this podcast, but it is <laughs> crazy. And it's also weird to think about like having done the first season of this and seeing that, like, they didn't shell out anything for any new music in the second season. It's the same transitional yeah. music, almost in the same order. 
It's like, okay, we use this song for the first 10 minutes, then the commercial break goes to this song, and then the midway point uses this transition. I mean, almost by the book. I think there's a couple of things that get switched out every other episode, but uh, not a lot of thought. It seems like there's a template made in Adobe Premiere or whatever they're using to edit this TV show, and then they Mm. throw in the clips that they've edited together. But also, it's like, uh, it's L.A., the restaurant scene, like, uh, no hip-hop? Why is that? Hmm. Also, West Hollywood, you would think there would be a lot more representation across the board. But no. They, they grow, they do a little <laughs> bit better down the line, but you'd think that's what they would just start with in a show about a restaurant that lives and breathes in West Hollywood. But it is a spinoff show. I didn't know if you knew that. Yep. It's a spinoff. And Lisa Vanderpump has her own situations, I'm sure. But here's here's something I think we can both a- agree with, is that I really love that Lisa Vanderpump owns her own dog rescue that is a no-kill shelter that really has helped dogs find homes. And that can't go wrong there. I guess. Uh-oh. Uh, Uh-oh. No, no, no. No, no, no. I I think that's a great I think that's a great cause. Uh it doesn't mitigate her participation no. in a show and the hiring of a bunch of like knuckleheads, but uh sure. Knuckleheads, that's a great way to put it. Well, here's the thing. We're all a little bit knuckleheady every now and again. It's what we do in those knucklehead situations to make ourselves better. I feel like I'm projecting at the moment, so I'm going to transition into rich girls. Oh. So, can you please tell me what has been going on and what rich girls is? Rich girls is a band. Rich girls is my band. Uh, we just put out a new single about a week ago. Um, so we have been enjoying that. And uh, heck yes, yeah. <laughs> There's a. Isn't there been a good cause for, uh, around the sales of that single? Yes. So for the month of July, we um, we are donating all sales from the single to the Southern Poverty Law Center, um, which is an organization that fights for um, equal protection under the law for different kinds of underrepresented groups and fights against um, hate groups and hate speech. And we, uh, yeah, happy to contribute in our small way to that cause. Oh, that's great. That's awesome. And of course, touring's out of the question at the time of this recording. At the time but, of uh, this recording, but I'm, uh, yeah, I'm looking into holographic concerts. I hope that's the future. <laughs> I need to know more about this. So do I. So whenever you figure out the tech, uh, please let me know. Um, I won't make you watch another episode of Vanderpump Rules. Thank you. But I do want to <laughs> know when I can see Rich Girls perform again. All right. I'll keep you posted. Where can people listen to Rich Girls and find out more about them? We are on all uh, streaming platforms, so you can find Rich Girls on Spotify. But uh, right now, um, the two new singles are up on Bandcamp. Excellent. Yeah, which is a great platform for artists. That is awesome. Well, thanks again for being on the show, Louisa. You got it. I promise, like I said, you don't have to watch anything else ever again. But if awesome. you need an update, I can send you all the articles. Well, I'm intrigued by what's going to happen to your friend, and I hope he doesn't be become corrupted by being close to corrupt people. <laughs> I guarantee you he hasn't, so that's good. Fabulous. 
What a fun and unique conversation. Thanks, Louisa. Don't forget to check out Rich Girls on Bandcamp or wherever you like to play your tunes. Feeling very sing-songy today. Must be all of the music talk. Okay, it's the moment everyone sticks around for. What was my dumpster moment? Oh, don't worry. There's no contest in this episode anyway. It has to be Jack's trying to convince Stassi that they are on a date. It was the worst. Dear God. I'm a little nervous. We haven't been on a, a date like this in a while. Not date. I'm sorry. I'm not labeling it. But go a, I guess, outing. What do you call this? Dinner. <laughs> if it is just a dinner, I guess I have to try to figure out how I can turn it into a date. I'm like, oh, it does. <laughs> Oh, my God. And even possibly into something after the date. That's it for this episode. Glad you could make it. Thanks again to Louisa Black for being a wonderfully awesome person. And thank you for listening. Thanks to everyone who supports this podcast over at patreon.com slash pinkjeans. As well as the folks who have been leaving us ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts. I prefer five stars. Thank you to Jeremy Siegel for composing the music for this show. And special thanks to Marie Hill for editing this episode. Sounds great, doesn't it? We'll see you next time on Vanderpump Robs. Wait, Rob? Is that who we're talking about? Yeah.